Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his grand circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, it's a funny thing. Back when Epcot first opened, when they were first planning for Epcot, actually, they had an idea that was something that was going to be a life and health pavilion. Look, Future World was all about the things that were existing today. That was kind of the idea in one part of it. Another part was things that you would think about for tomorrow, so the Tomorrowland part of it. So obviously, life and health made a lot of sense to create as a pavilion. And if you look back at the World's Fair in 1963 and 64, that was sort of one of the central themes. It was about life and life as it is. So to have something that was a life and health pavilion made a lot of sense here in the mid to late 1970s. And that was sort of the plan. But unfortunately, the way the dollars and cents went, there was no sponsor that was tied to such a pavilion, so the pavilion had to go on hold for some period of time. Now, I'm going to have to do a more detailed look at what happened and how it got there, but just kind of keep that in mind as you think about this. The idea of life and health kind of fits in thematically with what you would think about for sort of the, the nature of our being. And so Disney started planning up for something, and they had Raleigh Crump, one of the Imagineers, working on it. And he had this idea for something called the Head Trip, which would be sort of this interactive experience where you'd talk about the human brain. So this was well thought out in terms of concept anyway, just wanting to have something that kind of fit in with the thematics of having a brain sort of attraction. And it makes sense in the context of what Epcot is. Now, they might have had more there at some point, but this is really about the idea for that thing where they might have talk about the human mind. So they came up with a lot of ideas, threw around a lot of things to talk about emotions, intellect, and the nervous system, and sort of conceptualizing what that might look like or what it might be. But because the times were what they were, when the park actually got constructed, the whole idea of a uh, life and health pavilion got shelved. So by the time they opened in 1982, there was no word about it. There was nothing coming. They'd spent a lot of money to build what they had. That was going to have to come later. And that later came in the mid to late 1980s when Michael Eisner, then the CEO of uh, Disney, decided that he wanted to have something that was going to be a little bit more encapsulating in that sense. And he came up with this idea for resurrecting a couple of pavilions along the way. And the Wonders of Life was born out of that idea. So here comes the idea for something that's going to be related to it. Now, they had some other things they wanted to do about the human body. And again, I'll talk about those in future podcasts. But since they were talking about the mind, and that was a big one, they decided to do something that was about the cranium. And they came up with this kind of novel idea of calling it the Cranium Command. Now, there was a lot of different things that happened along the way to kind of get it started. And uh, Raleigh Crump, who was retiring from the Disney company at that point, uh, was not going to work on it. So they brought in Kirk Wise to start production on something similar to what Raleigh Crump had done, but kind of taking it in a slightly different direction. So he had all these ideas for how to create something that would be about the human mind and talk about intellect and talk about emotions and do all these things. 
And so he was drawing different things up. He was planning different ideas. He even, he even filmed a few segments to try to work in there to try and sell the idea. But none of them really worked. Nothing he created really kind of sold the idea of what the human mind could be about. So he kept playing and he kept toying with it and he kind of thought about different things that he could, he could uh, make it do. And eventually he wound up uh, pitching something to Disney that they thought was a good nucleus for something to the leadership there. But they decided they needed a new director to come in and make it come together in some way. So that's when the Disney company hired Jerry Reese to come in and recreate a lot of the films that would then fit into the thematics of it. So they came up with this idea, finally, where you would come into a pre-show area and you would have someone who was called General Knowledge, who would be a military general, who would give you the insights into how to create something for the human mind. How would the human mind work? How would it be piloted? How would it work, right? As though, you're, it's, a, as though it's sort of a, uh, an experimental project in a way. And so they created this kind of clever thing to, to bring that together, and it was very cute and clever the way they did it. And then from there, you would go into a full show where you would be inside the character's mind. And inside there, you would have like the central character who would be an audio animatronic, that'd be Buzzy. And Buzzy would interact with you, the audience, while controlling the mind. And then they, what they thought about was having other audio animatronics that would do the other pieces, but they realized that was too expensive. It was never going to work the way they wanted it to. So they wound up changing the philosophy and having it be little windows that you would look through where Buzzy would be moving around and there would be these windows that would look through to different body parts to kind of get you going in terms of what you might think the, the body, how the body would react to different things. Kind of clever actually. And um, it actually did work. Uh, it actually came together. Now, there was another idea along the way that they might actually create something that would be more like a, a Star Trek type exhibit where Captain Kirk would be the central character and you would have Mr. Spock would be the logical one and you would have the engineer and you would have the other people there and it might come together in a different way. Uh, you know, it was kind of a clever thought, but it didn't really work and there was too many restrictions because of Paramount and the, the fact that CBS owned the, uh, the Star Trek philosophy and they didn't want, certainly didn't want to infringe on the copyright and try to do it, so they kept rethinking it. And that's where they came up with the idea for brain pilots, you know, people who would actually pilot the brains. And they called it Captain Cortex along the way, just to kind of get things going and uh, getting things working. So they kind of came up with this theme, right? And it was sort of a, they had the idea. Now the question was, how do they put it together? And what they decided was to make it the most complicated character they could, a 12-year-old boy. Because the emotion, the intellect, all of these things, the, uh, you know, the, overall, the overall feeling of a boy <laughs> that age kind of fits in with the thematics of probably the most extreme thing you could think of. Now to start off with, to create the character of general knowledge, they used an actor named Corey Burton. Now Corey had worked for a lot of different, on a lot of different Disney related projects. In fact, he was this very talented voice actor who could do a Paul Freese impression. So that meant that he could do small voiceover lines in the Freeze style for Pirates of the Caribbean or for the uh, Haunted Mansion to kind of fit in and have voice pieces that weren't there originally that Paul Freeze had done. So it really worked out well. Now, he did that original part, and there are other voice actors you'll hear in the, in the sequence that, uh, that do this. So let's take a listen to the opening sequence where they do the, uh, the pre-show, basically, and you'll hear the brain pilots coming into play. Now, one thing I, I'll point out to you is that I find it really interesting that there's some very memorable lines in here. 
Where do you think you are? Disney World? Just such a great line. It, it kind of works in a way. And, you know, there's so many other things. We've had our successes and our failures. While they show a picture of Albert Einstein and Jim Varney, the guy who played Ernest, and Ernest goes to camp. Kind of great in a way. I hear this new CO they sent over from HQ is a real featherweight. Ah, uh, he's probably some desk jockey. Never been up in a brain in his life. Ken, hey! Hey! All right, you pitiful submitted attackers, throw that listen up. I'm your commanding officer, General Knowledge, and it's my job to turn you mealy mouth meatheads into a crack squadron of cranium commandos. Your job, if you can cut it, will be to run the most sophisticated information system ever devised, the human brain. You, there in the back, suck in that gun and wipe that smile off your face. The brain is serious business. Now listen up, you miserable toads. This is your brain. You will eat with it, sleep with it. You will never leave it. Without you, the brain is nothing. Without your brain, you are nothing. It took three billion years of research and development to make this lean, main-thinking machine what it is today. In those years, we've had some successes and some failures. And if you meatballs can't fly right, you wind up piloting one of these. Do I make myself clear? Yes, sir. I can't hear you. Yes, sir. It's better. The brain is divided into two halves, the right and the left. Excuse me, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you! Me, sir? No, your mama. Yes, you get up here on the double. Move it, move it, move it. What's your name, recruit? Buzzy, sir. You think you're ready to pilot a brain, Fuzzy? That's Buzzy, sir. Oh, yes, you just let me what in my control. Do here. you know that the brain can process up to three million bytes of information per second? Uh, why, you see, I don't sir. think you've got this much a lot of dim bulb freak here. Uh, I don't think you understand the amount of concentration and commitment it takes to run this lovely unit. Just look at you. You're a disgrace. Does your mother still dress you, boy? Well, yes, sir. Don't talk when I'm shouting. Drop and give me 20. Sir, yes, sir. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, yes. The brain is divided into two halves. Your left brain handles the linear thinking, analysis, logic. The right brain is the creative center, home of the emotions and imagination. On the command seat here in the cortex, you'll run the whole shebang. Any questions? No? Good. All right, you chickens, this is it. Let's stand by on the double moving. Oh, I know that. What now, Scuzzy? Taking a nap? Get your fanny in gear and hustle. Sir. Yes, sir. Listen, boy. This particular. 
muscular model is 12 years old. Very unpredictable. Don't worry, sir. I can hang. <laughs> Don't worry, sir. I can, I can handle it. You couldn't find your head with both hands and a flashlight. Sweet. Younger, where do they get these knuckleheads? And whether there was wind-up in my outfit. Then the pre-show ends and you're asked to pick up and move to the next room. And the next auditorium can hold about 200 people. Now in there, you're, you're standing, I believe it is, and you're looking at the screens as things happen. I think there might be some little benches. I can't remember now that I think about it. Anyway, you're, I think you're standing and you're looking at all these different screens and there's Buzzy moving around. And Buzzy is voiced by uh, an actor called Scott Curtis. He also plays the voice of the boy, the 12-year-old boy that you hear, uh, whose name is Bobby. And so you'll hear the voice of him talking to you, and he's playing that he's a 12-year-old boy, playing the mind of a 12-year-old boy, and he's kind of controlling everything and trying to figure out how it all works. Now, the way they put it together was kind of clever. They filmed up a bunch of scenes to work with all of these different character actors to fill in different roles. Some of it was filmed at the newly opened uh, Disney's MGM Studios just across the way, and some of it was filmed in Los Angeles, depending on where the actors were available to be and some of the scenes that they had. They filmed it in different locations, but they were able to put it together into something that was actually kind of clever. So the uh, characters they had were the illogical left brain, which was Charles Grodin, the button-down shirt, you know, the, the straight-laced kind of guy, the logical person. They had John Lovitz, you know John Lovitz, he, you know, he plays a lot of different characters, uh, another Saturday Night Live alum who uh, played a lot of different uh, fun things, and he's the right brain, a little illogical, a little frazzled, a little, you know, creative in that sense. You had the stomach being George Went. Everybody knew him as Norm on the uh, Cheers series, uh, TV series that was on in the 80s. And then they had a, a section, a person called Elimination, which was your bodily function for eliminating fluids from you, that was uh, Jeff Doucette. And uh, he was uncredited in it, but he played the, uh, the role. And then came the more interesting uh, characters. You had the hypothalamus, who was the most calm character, and that was Kirk Wise doing that part himself. And then you had uh, the heart, and the heart was played by uh, Kevin Nealon and Dana Carvey. Now, they had done a sequence in the 80s and early 90s on Saturday Night Live that they called Hans and Franz. They were kind of uh, making fun of, if you will, or having a little fun with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they were there to pump you up and get you into shape and make you feel good about things. So they were doing the, the voice and they had these muscle suits on. It was classic. One of those things that today doesn't seem as funny, but at the time was hilarious. But they played the uh, heart, so they kept doing things and getting, uh, getting involved as the heart. Perfect. And then you had um, the other character was the adrenal gland. And the point of the adrenal gland was to have these moments of just complete and utter chaos. And they had Bobcat Goldwaite play that part. And Bobcat is this crazy person. So it's the perfect person to just jump up and suddenly just start yelling and being out of control. It's like the perfect moment in the sense of the way they put the, the film together. So you have all these, all these characters and they play out the parts as you're going through the, the storyline. And it's very clever because you're telling the story of a 12-year-old boy in his day and the things that he gets into. Now he meets a young lady, Natalie Gregory, who's another uh, actress who's about 12 at the time and she was doing, uh, she was doing her part. Now, 
there's, I don't think either she or uh, the person who played Buzzy um, really amounted to much more. Uh, Scott Curtis, I don't think uh, either of them amounted to much more. They had some bit parts in other shows and things they did, other productions. And they had some voice, act, voice acting work they did over the years. But I don't think they did a whole lot more beyond that. That's kind of interesting in its own way that they did this and this was their claim to fame. So, you know, the whole thing culminates with them having a food fight and Kenneth Kimmins plays the, the principal who stops the fight and talks to them both and they, you know, they get into it. But that's how it all comes together. So now let's take a listen to what the show actually sounds like. And I'm going to put a link to it in my show notes page so you can actually watch the video of the show because you get a better sense of how it feels because seeing it is really what makes it come together. For such a simple show, for so little uh, budget they had for it. It really is pretty remarkable. It's very clever the way they put it together. And it's worth, it's worth spending a few minutes on and watching. Gee, it sure is dark in here. There's got to be a light around here somewhere. Ah, this ought to do it. Whoa! All right, Greenhead, listen up. Your job is to pilot this craft through a typical day's maneuvers without overstressing it. Remember, use your head, don't lose your head. I've got my eye on you, Fuzzy. Screw up this mission and you'll be piloting a chicken till your retirement day. Got that? Yes, sir. Guess I better get this show on the road. Okay, crew, report in. Left brain, right brain. Come in, please. Yes, Captain. Did you call? Uh, no. I guess I just pressed the wrong button. It figures. No one ever wants to talk to me. Who are you, anyway? I'm only the hypothalamus. I only monitor all the automatic functions of the body. All the things you don't need to worry about. I'm used to being taken for granted. Blink, blink, breathe, breathe. Day in, day out. Never a thank you, never a job well done. Gee, I'm sorry. I had no idea. Hey, wait a minute. What are all these things? Dreams, sir. You're in the sleep mode. You should have had this in class. Hmm. This looks pretty simple. Morning, Captain. Left brain reporting for duty, sir. Logic circuit's working at full capacity. Let's have a safe and sane day, shall we? Or Roger, left brain. Right brain here, Buzz. Free association and creativity banks fully charged. Roger, dude. Harvey party, Captain. Left bank record. Right bank record. We are off <laughs> and pumping. Adrenal plans reporting, Captain. Ready to freak out at any second. Not now, please. Stomach reporting, Captain. <laughs> Running on empty down here. Supposed to be Toss down some of those old pizza crusts from last night. Keep us, you know. Mommy, aren't you up yet? The bus will be here any second. Okay, Mom, I'm up. Okay, guys, we're running a little late. Legs, swing over 45 degrees and extend pads. Head for the door. Walk back to 10. Boy, the school start naked, are we? Helene! Whoa! Quick, let's find some clothes. There's gotta be something in here. Oh, good pants. Uh, shirt's still okay. It's only been worn a couple days. Shoes. All right, we're out of here. Aren't we forgetting some functions? Uh, illumination, give me a reading. Uh, ladder reading at 9.9, .9, sir. We can hold it full speed no, ahead. No, I can see you're going to put us all under a bit of a strain. Captain, I know we're in a hurry, but this puppy's starting to growl down here, you know what I mean? I hear you, stomach. Looks like we've got breakfast dead ahead. Let's chat out. Buzz, let's go for the dessert. Hey, smarty pants. Bus is here. I swore I heard something about breakfast. Shabazz! Whoa! 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 Whoa
alternative route to school, sir. Memory indicates the presence of a small rabbit poodle. Watch out! Back up! Boy, say it! Stop on it! Stop on it! Quick! Cut through here! Hot, they're falling, hot, they're we are pumping! Yeah, but we're running low on energy! What are you going to do about it? Stomach, we need fuel! Do you read? No can do, Captain! Remember that breakfast we didn't have? Blood sugar is falling. You have exactly two seconds to get to class. Monsters, let's create. Excuse me. Looks like we're going to be lab partners. Yes! Party 20, Captain, we have just skipped the beat. Yeah, what is going on up there? She's beautiful. Um, I'm new here. My name's Annie. What's yours? Uh, say something. B-b-b-beautiful. I mean, Bobby. Okay, Bobby. I'll measure you mix. Careful. Careful. Some of these compounds are not entirely stable. I feel like an unstable compound whenever we look at it. This must be chemistry. Concentrate. This could be dangerous. Just imagine. Make my She needs some company. Already go. We gotta help her. We'll rescue her. We'll swing it on a vine. Take her to a desert island. Nonsense. We'll simply explain to these ruffians the lasting negative ramifications of their delinquent behavioral tendencies. Okay, you take the helm, left brain. All right, Bobby. Address them. <clears throat> Come now, gentlemen. I'm sure I needn't point out the negative impact of both social and academic dimensions of your Neanderthal tactics. <laughs> Just listen to every fool thing that comes into your head. 
That's why there's chaos in this body. Make decisions. Get this crew working together. You're just begging to pilot this chicken, aren't you, boy? Yes, sir. I mean, no, sir. I'm warning you, Skunky. I've got to get my act together here. Okay, I'll do better. I'll use my head. He'll be proud of me. All right. Hands, wipe the eyes, please. Well, young man, perhaps a trip to the principal's office will straighten you out. Who's on you? I get the idea. We're going to get the soap mines, I tell you! The pipe! Right. And what's your side of it? A stall for time. Shuffle feet. A ring hand. We'll probably be put on suspension for this. We can kiss Harvard goodbye. No job. No upwardly mobile lifestyle. I hope you're proud of yourself, young man. You obviously have no need for logic whatsoever. Thank you so much. And good night. Lots reporting, sir! We're hyperventilating! Back down the Broadview tube! I recommend a brown paper bag. CO2 is dropping fast. Oh, I'm feeling really lightheaded, man. Listen to us now and believe us later. If we were 30 years old, then we'd be attacking you right now. Yeah, if we lived that long. <laughs> Sorry, Captain. We can't take much more of this. I'm gonna have to send some back up. No, don't! Blazers, are you up to now? I might as well say goodbye now, sir. They're gonna burn us at the stake and send our ashes to Siberia. Nonsense, Pinky. You're just worrying yourself sick. Real stress or imagined stress, it doesn't matter beans to your body crew. They can't tell the difference. Only you can. Take charge, lunkhead. Be calm, cool, collected, serene, balanced, centered, and relaxed like me. Guys, this isn't the end of the world, okay? Now let's cooperate for once. Left brain? Yes, sir. Give me the bottom line. Logical. Right brain? Do what you really feel. I've got a solution that covers both. We're going to tell the truth. I'm sorry, Mr. Hardcase. When I saw those guys bugging Annie, I, I guess I just lost my head. Well, I think we can be a little lenient here. Why don't you just help the janitor clean up the cafeteria after school? Really? Boy, thank you, sir. Thanks a lot. Right, right, right. Now get out of here. Come on. <laughs> well done, Buzzy. Wonderfully logical. You felt the moment. It was beautiful. Yeah, we're starting to get the hang of it now. Well, with a little teamwork, we'll become invincible. Warning, warning. We've been tapped on the shoulder. Warning, warning. It's the goon! Adrenaline, we can chill out. You're getting everybody all worked up. Just keep cool, guys, and stand by for instructions. Come full about. Hi, Bobby. <sighs> Look, um, I just wanted to thank you for helping me out with those guys who were hassling me. No sweat. No sweat. They were, like, pretty neat. God, she likes us. Captain, we are having a sudden burst of energy. Yeah, we are feeling young and hot. Hey, who ordered the butterflies? Yeah, she's cute. Just look at the way her eyes glisten in that fluorescent tube lighting. Well, let's not start daydreaming again. Let's do something constructive. Tell you what, we'll ask her out. Bold move, sir. Maybe we could go out sometime after school, like maybe to the mall or something. Okay, that'd be great. Thanks again, Bobby. Yeah! Outstanding recruit took up 
Honor your party crew and they'll serve you well. Congratulations. You are now a full-fledged member of the Cranium Command. I'm proud of you, boys. Thanks, General. I never could have done it without everyone's help. This is one first-rate crew. No need to thank me, sir. I don't do it for the glory. It's just my function. Well, Chicken, what are we going to do about a pilot for you? Uh, I won't be one. I'm going into politics. In politics. So long, Buzzy. Keep up the good work. Let's hear it for Captain Buzzy. Captain Hooray! So remember, gang, if you get stressed out, just call in your general knowledge. Balance your body crew and get your cranium under command. Use your head. Don't lose your head. It's easy. You'll be flying in no time. As a member of the Cranium Command. Bye! On behalf of the Cranium Commandos, Metropolitan Life, and the Walt Disney Company, thank you for volunteering for Cranium Command. Please gather your belongings and exit the command center through the doors on your left. And that was the, the show. That was, you know, it's just kind of fun. It's kind of memorable and fun and kind of quirky. This was at a point when Disney was trying to find its new, a new way for itself. So they were using well-established characters to play parts or tell stories, you know, like uh, Walter Cronkite and Robin Williams over at the uh, Magic of Animation, like this show and like others where they had people you might recognize from everyday life coming in and doing voice parts. It was kind of neat in its own way. So... The concept was really good, uh, and it played really well, and it was well-received generally. People liked it. It was The shows were mostly full most of the time. It opened in, with the pavilion on October 1st, October 19th, excuse me, 1989, and then it closed with the pavilion in January of 2007. So it stayed open for the entire run of the pavilion, which is pretty amazing. It was a really remarkable little thing, totally memorable. Was it great? Maybe not, but it was fun. And that was really what it was all about. This was such, such a fun little throwaway thing that was just cute and clever and just worked in some way. And I really enjoyed it. I liked going to see this show. I, it's very memorable to, memorable to me. I still have it in my head sometimes, especially uh, general knowledge, just yelling at us, telling us to go, to go out there. It's, it's fantastic. So I hope you enjoy this look back at the Cranium Command. One little spark of inspiration is at the heart <laughs> of all creation right at the start of everything that's new one little spark lights up for you for my one little spark for today i wanted to suggest that you do a little reading and i know reading it's 21st century it's so passe but there's an opportunity here to read about something historical and get something interesting going on. And in the social space, there's a lot of books out there that are biographies or even better autobiographies about historical characters who had some interactions in a, in a sense, especially in the social space, that you can read about that they tell their stories. And you learn something interesting about a historically significant person. For example, Frederick Douglass auto, had an autobiography that he wrote about his life as a slave. And it's a really compelling story. Now, Douglas didn't learn to read and write until he was an adult. So the stories read in a way, it's very personal. It sounds like someone who is not highly educated. And that's a fabulous thing in this story because you really get a sense of who he was and what it was all about. And I find it to be a really compelling story and I highly recommend reading it. But if you don't want to read that one, there are certainly others out there. There's a lot of historical uh, stories about people that are mainly biographies for the most part, but occasionally you find some good autobiographies about people who did something with their lives, who championed a cause, who fought for social justice in a way. And 
I think it's really interesting to understand a point of view and see what people had to say and what life was like for them. You really learn a lot by listening to people, reading about what, was like, what life might have been like in that sense. So I highly recommend that. Many of these books, you can find a lot of them. If you pick a topic or a time period or an author, you can find a book probably at your local library. Maybe they even have an ebook so you don't have to go in. Or you can find a PDF of a lot of historical books, things that are older, on the internet. If you just Google the name, a lot of times you'll find a PDF of the book. Uh, you can also, of course, if you, if you belong to the uh, Amazon service, there's some books that are available for free that you can basically check out. So I highly recommend doing that and learning something about some historical figure. Now, of course, like I said, this is the 21st century. Who reads, right? So I would suggest even a movie is a good choice. For example, the movie Selma. Great story, good storytelling about what it was like to try and achieve voter rights in, in Selma, uh, Selma, Alabama in the 1960s. It focuses on Martin Luther King. You've got John Lewis. You've got other characters in there who are familiar and you understand just what it was like to fight for the civil rights movement. You can't watch it and not get emotional about it, honestly. It's, it's that compelling. I would also suggest, you know, there are movies about other historical figures. Harriet Tugman's a good choice. Um, there was a movie that was uh, done about her recently that was really compelling and interesting and uh, good storytelling and it fast-paced. You know, you learn about how slaves escaped from their, their masters and how they went in the Underground Railroad and found freedom and how freedom was elusive to a large degree because some of these slave owners continued to chase after these slaves for many years and even had the laws changed so that they could repatriate the slaves back to their plantations and continued to abuse them. Really interesting stuff. It's a, they're good stories, and it's worth spending a little time on and understanding just what it's all about. Now, on the other side, with the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg recently, the RBG movie that came out, it's more of a historical um, autobiography in a way that's a, a movie, and it takes you through her life, and she talks about herself. They, they present it in a way where she's actually talking about herself in life. And it's really kind of interesting and compelling. You learn something about why she became or was considered a social justice hero, uh, a champion to a large degree, because she was standing up for women's rights. And you may not think about women's rights all the time, but she was crucial to making sure that women had some of the rights they have today. So it's interesting to watch some of these movies, learn something else, maybe kind of take a different bent on things and understand the plight of other people besides yourself. So that's my one little spark for today. I really hope you spend some time and go and read a good book, you know, something historical that's compelling to you in some way, or watch a movie. There's lots of them out there. A lot of them are historically accurate, fairly compelling, fast-paced. You get the sense of what it was like to live in that time, and I highly recommend watching it. Some of them are hard to watch or hard to read, but it's worth your time. So that's my one little spark for today. And that is my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. 
Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 